During challenging times, we often fall into the trap of focusing on what we lack, that we don't have enough of something, like money, success, or time. But what if instead we put ourselves in a place of gratitude and allow ourselves to pursue those things that align to our purpose, those things that make the world a better place? In this episode, I speak to professional life coach Ryan Stanley about the importance of gratitude and the power of stepping into who we are, our unique selves. You have the opportunity if you are really stepping into your uniqueness and are really grateful for this this opportunity that you have to be you. You will attract people into your life who see that, who vibe with that, who align with that and want to do the same thing. And those are the people you put your focus on. Those are the people you share your, your, your energy with. And that's how you create greatness. And that's how we change the world. So ready to discuss how you can step into gratitude and in your own way, change the world? Let's discuss. I'm Rebecca Scott, and this is Humans Now and Then. Ryan Stanley, thank you for joining me. Rebecca, blessed to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So I got an opportunity to read your book. So you've got a nice, small pocket-sized book called Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. And you've got to say that seems very relevant for our time, doesn't it? <laughs> to say the least. Yes. I, uh, I'm in a space where I, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this. I don't believe life happens to you. I believe it happens for you. And you know, I published the book in July of 2019. And I had no idea, obviously, that COVID was coming at the time. Right. But it's just interesting to see how it's unfolded and showed up exactly as it was supposed to. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a great time for this type of book and a very easy reference for people to follow. But I'd love to start with the point we already alluded to, which is that folks are dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. A lot of things are outside of our control. In this time when people are full of these kind of emotional challenges of trying to work through in an uncertain world, you know, what's a choice that people can make uh, like today to help them move forward out of that space? It's a great question. I think there's a there's a couple different things. I think it starts off with gratitude, which leads you to a little bit of self-awareness of the now. So it's probably a combination of both. And I say gratitude in the sense that it's so easy to your point and, and really to everybody's point <laughs> in today's day and age to get caught up with all the stress and overwhelm and anxiety and frustration that, that is going on outside of us. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there's not literally at any given moment plenty to be grateful for if you choose to meaning as basic as oxygen, as gravity, as sunlight, as the, the, the opportunity to create gratitude. You know, there, there's so many things that we can all be grateful for. So at any given moment, when you actually create gratitude, you are uh, coming from a place of abundance in some capacity. You know, gratitude is the opposite of stress. And stress is typically coming from some form of lack, right? Whether you know it or not, whether you think about it or not, it's like lack of money, lack of time, lack of health, lack of peace. Stress comes from some level of lack. And when you are genuinely and authentically grateful for anything, you are not coming from lack. You are coming from an abundant receiving energy, right? And so if you're feeling stressed on a consistent level, a great place to start is to start making time to be grateful for things. You know, I'm a certified professional coach and sometimes I'll work with clients and we create a gratitude list. Sometimes when we are, um, you know, you're in your car, you're in the shower, these mundane things that we do at any given moment where we let our mind either just wander or think about things that aren't serving us, those are great opportunities for us to create gratitude. And then which gets a little bit deeper is to be aware of the now, recognize that now is all there actually is. 
And so when we start to get worried about something that happened last week, last month, last year, it might happen next year, what someone else somewhere else thinks, all these different things that understandably bring us stress or overwhelm or anxiety, we can instead choose to decide who am I in this moment? Who do I, like right now, wherever I am, wherever you're listening to this podcast, like if you look around and recognize that there is oxygen, there is gravity, there is sunlight, there are things happening just so that you can exist and you are existing really right now. So who do you want to be in the now? When you start to recognize that that is a choice, uh, you, you start to take more control over who you are in the now. Mm, I love that. We do often forget about the things that are going quite well for us, the things we take for granted every day. All the time. All the time. And I think all of us end up being guilty of that just because of our human nature. Folks are thinking about the things that aren't going well because that's natural for us to feel that way or natural for us to kind of focus on those things that seem threatening. But that does sometimes lead to us forgetting about the things that are going well and requires us to reframe our mindset towards things that are positive and things, of course, that we have some level of control over. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of those things that's interesting, I talk a lot about taking the next steps to create your own future or taking some personal agency to make a difference. And your book here starts in the prologue with talking about that we are all creators. And so why don't you walk through um, how people should view themselves as a creator and, and why? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for, for, I love sharing this because it's something that, again, to your point, a lot of us don't think about as often as we could. Think about it. We are all, obviously we're all creators. And what I mean by that is in every given moment, we are creating something. We're always creating. When you wake up in the morning, uh, if you decide to put on blue socks, blue pants, blue shirt, and a blue hat, you are creating a person dressed in blue. Uh, right now, you and I are creating two humans recording an awesome podcast. If you put two pieces of bread down and you put peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other, you are creating a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I know this sounds obvious, but when you take it a little bit deeper and you say that we're always creating conversation, we create art, we create music, we create businesses, but we also sometimes will create anger or we will create frustration or we will create anxiety. And it's not to say that those things are not valid based on you know, life circumstance, but it is important for people to recognize that we are creating them based on life's circumstance. The cool part about this is when you recognize that you are creating a person who is anxious, you can get, begin to get curious and say, you know, what would it be like to create a person who was joyful or who was present or who was patient? And that's you know, kind of a theme of the book. Then at any given moment, you have the opportunity to create something different. And a lot of time we can do that by curiosity and ask, what would it be like to be a person who is patient in this moment? And again, it's not to say that there aren't reasons to be angry, frustrated, stressed, or overwhelmed in any capacity, but it is important to recognize that those reasons are outside of us and we are genuinely creating the feelings um, with our thoughts and you know our emotions of anger and stress and overwhelm. And so when, at least when we take responsibility and are aware that we are creating those thoughts, we, we have an understanding that we have the opportunity to create something else with practice. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about uh, creating Here's this opportunity for each of us to create a moment in time or create a situation or create a context in which we enter and decide to enter intentionally, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, humans, we, we adapt and, and we adapt. We don't even know that we're adapting all the time. But when you wake up in any given day, you're creating a person who's getting out of bed and you get to decide the type of person you want to be as you're, you know what I mean, that you are creating. Most of the time, unfortunately, we, we've built these habits of who we are based on who we were yesterday. And based on the people we surround ourselves with and based on all of our 60 to 70,000 thoughts that we had yesterday and the day before that and the day before that, which are often very similar. And this, this turns out to be this thing that feels like it's on autopilot. And it's just been created because life happened to us. But really, when we start to recognize that we can create somebody new in any given moment, it's going to take some practice. You're going to have to change some habits. 
ways of thinking, just maybe in, intentions about your day and who you want to be and how you want to converse and how you want to look at life as, as a whole. Um, but it's always and it's always possible. It's just up to you to decide you want to do it and, and do it consistently. Mm, yeah, I love that. I'm starting to wonder, though, too, in, say, the current day and age, it's a lot of divisiveness out in the world. Of course. Uh, a lot of separation, a lot of probably misperceptions about who we each are based on our own personal values and beliefs. And those beliefs, you know, are going to be based on things we're hearing, the people we're surrounded by, the the information we're receiving from social media, from the news and so forth, which can be overwhelming. But I think there's an interesting thing here beyond just us thinking about who we are intentionally and who we want to be intentionally. And there might be an aspect of who other people are and how we process who other people are. So totally. what advice would you give to folks that are struggling with that division between you know people these days? And that's huge, by the way, especially obviously in, in such a tumultuous year uh, of constant division. You know, this division comes from judgment. And to your point, it comes from judgment of others based on our perspective. We are constantly judging others based on our own minimal experience. And this comes from a misconception, in my opinion, that human nature is com- is competition, that it is survival of the fittest, and that I have to be better than you in order to survive. And if you're not as good as me, then I don't like you, uh, and you're different, and you need to be more like me. Or just, you know, even in nature, I mean, that works, right? Animals, it is survival of the fittest, because if they eat to survive, there's no necessary consciousness involved, and so it makes sense. But for humans, really, it's it's not competition. Human nature is actually cooperation. It is actually connectivity. And if we start to introduce more empathy and more understanding into our life, and we go from judgment to curiosity, uh, that is really such a huge key because well, cur- judgment and curiosity can be two sides of the same coin, right? We recognize that somebody somewhere else is different from me. And typically we, we judge them as better or worse or the same even, but we are judging them as something. And again, based on our, our limited life experience. I'll use my, myself as an example. Growing up in like Western New Jersey, right? So I grew up in this town and I kind of, there's a culture around here and I have my parents who were raised in certain religions and I was raised a certain way. And so from my limited experience, I have an understanding of this is what life is like. And I've met some nice people, some not nice people, whatever. But in general, I have a feeling of what, what life should be like, quote unquote, life should be like. And then maybe after, you know, I'm, in a, I'm a teenager and I go to Newark Airport and I see people from all over the world all sorts of different cultures, all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different ways of being, all different ways of talking, behaving, dressing, uh, and all these different things. And I am naturally going to suddenly start judging them based on my life experience. My, you know, as a teenager, I'll say 17 years growing up in Western New Jersey, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever, (laughs) right? So for me to all of a sudden come across these judgments that somebody's good or bad, it's really just the ego trying to figure out how it can be superior. And so instead, when we, we show up with it, instead of judgment, we recognize something is different and intentionally uh, insert curiosity. So normally it would be like, oh my gosh, I would never behave that way. I would never dress that way. I would never talk that way. I would never act that way. All these different things, all of a sudden they come to mind when we see somebody that is very different from us, we'll just say. And so in a sense, instead of judging them, we can shift to curiosity and say, I wonder what, what their life is like. And for, first of all, if you were born to their parents, uh, the same day and lived every single second of their life and had all their fears and all their responses to those fears and every single situation, every thought that, that they ever had up until the moment when you in, in came across them at Newark Airport, you would be them. You would be exactly the same way that they are. And so once we start to recognize this, we are able to Im- insert more empathy, more understanding, and more curiosity is what it must be like to be them. And when we start to do that, we meet them more where they're at and we start to recognize that there's opportunity for understanding instead of judgment. 
And so if anybody, so all this divisiveness, anyway, we're, we're, we're listening to the news, we're listening to media, we're listening to all these different people who are saying they're wrong, I'm right, or, you know, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid of everybody else, instead of be love, be gratitude. How can you serve others? How can, you know, instead of judging somebody else as, as wrong, meet them where they're at and decide who you want to be in front of them. You know, if you, and, and, you know, that doesn't mean there's not consequences for certain behaviors, but it does mean that there's an opportunity for some level of understanding and we can decide if I want to be the light that I want to see in the world, I'll have an effect on others. And that, I guess, in my opinion, something to do with this divisiveness instead of judging others for being different from you, just be the best version of yourself as often as possible and allow people to see that. Mm, Love it. Love it. I know one of the things with all of this stuff going on, all this chaos, all this emotional turmoil, people you know, in the world is struggling with many different things in life. And also this a largely remote workforce. So tons of people now working from home. I think the last statistic I saw is about 40% of the workforce working remotely since the pandemic began. We've got also a whole swath of leaders that have to take a new approach towards leadership in organizations in order to address the needs of these remote workers, but also to take into account all of the distractions and all of the disruptions, not even just in the world, but in people's individual lives whether you're now alone at home without other people around you, or maybe you're a parent at home and your kids are homeschooling and you need to balance that with your work. Leaders are trying to navigate this new world and it requires a whole lot more human connection and a lot more empathy. Yeah. So I'm wondering though, where this point in time where for leaders in organizations need to shift their mindset and really cater to different types of needs or enhanced needs that their employees might have do you think that this is going to fundamentally change how people view leadership in the future? That's a great question. I mean, I, I hope so. So here's what comes to mind as, as you're sharing that is I think this is an opportunity for more organizations just as a whole, right? So, and leadership obviously has a lot to do with the direction of organizations to maybe hire a, a coach, an internal coach, if they're not already, you know what I mean? Obviously, if you're running a, a multi-million dollar company, you don't have time to necessarily connect with every single employee. Now is the climate where that is something that you probably want to do. And if not, you do it, then you want to have somebody with some sort of clout do that so that your, your staff feels heard and understood because it is a crazy time. And so I, I hope that in some capacity, leadership is recognizing that everybody is having such a unique experience with this. And many people have lost loved ones and many people are afraid to go outside their house. There's all sorts of different degrees of stress and overwhelm that are occurring you know, due to this. You know, People are in a home where there's alcohol, alcoholism or drug abuse or physical abuse or anything like that. People don't always know that in, in a work environment. There are people, I'll call them quote unquote normal people who have quote unquote regular jobs who, who do struggle with these things. And so to understand that, or at least to be curious or to put your, your staff in a, a place where they have the opportunity to be heard, to be understood, and so that they feel like they're not feeling additional pressure of not doing their job well or getting fired when everything else is already going crazy, uh, to put them in a space of comfort and understanding and whether it be if you have the bandwidth as a leader to connect with each individual, I'd highly recommend that. Even if it's just like a, a Google chat or an instant message once a day, like, hey, just checking in for a quick sentence. Um, and if you don't have that capacity, then hire somebody who does and make sure that that is an initiative for everybody. And so I know your question was, will this fundamentally change leadership? And so, you know, my answer is I hope so in that direction. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said, but it does definitely change the focus and priority on those human elements 
you know, and some of this kind of was articulated in the past as soft skills. And I've been one of the champions of changing that vernacular because it diminishes the importance of human connection in the success of anything. Totally. It, you know, we're talking in the context of organizations, but this could apply to in your family. This can apply to people in your community. This can apply to your friend group. It doesn't really matter where you apply it. The The strength of your human connection is really the thing that helps you thrive and the people around you thrive. And it does help diminish or mitigate against some of the fears that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes people just need to feel acknowledged mm. and need to yeah. feel validated. Like it's okay that you feel this way. It makes perfect sense that you feel this way. Again, had anybody been living in your <laughs> shoes and experienced every single thing that you experience right now, they'd be behaving the same way. Yes. And so sometimes to hear that from your organization or from your boss or from your leader, whatever it is, can make all the difference in the world. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then also, you know, bring that very critically important sense of belonging that even though you might be different and struggling, you belong here and I've got your back. Absolutely. And then and then when you feel that way, you can also be that way for someone else as well who might also be struggling within the organization. Love it. Pay it forward. <laughs> Which goes back to that concept of cooperation and empowerment. Oh, yeah. 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 Versus competition where I feel like I'm not going to have my job. I have to be better than this person. I've, I'm, I'm not doing good enough because my because I don't have time because my kids at home and everything's different, you know, as opposed to, okay, how can we help everybody be the best versions of themselves? I think it's, it's valuable stuff. But I, I know we talked a whole lot about kind of chaos and turmoil and emotional distress and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about joy. Yeah. The value of joy. And so you actually dedicated a chapter of uh, your book around being joyful. So what's the value of joy in this time? Yeah. Again, it's so important. So it, because it is the opposite of stress, right? I know we talked about gratitude being the same thing, but and gratitude and joy are very synopsis. What's the word I'm thinking? Sin, what? Symbiotic, maybe? Similar. similar. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Digging too deep. Uh, can be very similar. So in the sense that, I mean, literally, if and it takes practice, um, but if you can recognize that in any given moment, you can stop, you can feel, physically feel your heart beating and sit and think about for something or someone in your life that brings you joy. An experience maybe that you had once as a child or last week or whenever, something that you really just feel, you remember feeling good about. And when you do that, you are creating joy. We go back to being a creator. And so the, the value of doing that is it, it changes you, your body physically, right? So when we're stressed and we're overwhelmed, we are, our body is creating chemicals that are stress hormones and is you know going back to preparing us to fight the cyber-toothed tiger that's outside the cave. And now we're in this place where there's no saber-toothed tiger, but it is, you know, the people we work with. It is COVID-19. It is loss of a job. It is all these different things that we're thinking about all the time often, especially if you're watching the news. Personally, I haven't watched the news in about four years. I just found that it just doesn't serve me in any capacity whatsoever. Right. And I've been able to find out any information that I actually need to exist and function without it. And so it was, it was a huge decision that I love. Uh, but anyway, but I'm saying when we watch the news, we hear these different stressful things. We have these different... Uh, we have all these thoughts. Our body is creating these stressful hormones, which tense us up, which physically can give us disease, right? Or disease. I mean, there's aspects of our, it's been proven your body can physically be harmed by being stressed all the time, right? It's just even the way your, your posture becomes, the way you sit, the way your, your body reacts to life. And so joy is the opposite of that. And in that sense, it, it's, it's the same thing. The more you can intentionally create joy and sit in a, a feeling of love or gratitude or however you'd prefer to be feeling, you know, your ideal scenario. What, what's the ideal version of myself? What's the ideal? How would I love to be feeling all day, every day? 
And it, I know it's like, hey, listen, life isn't all rainbows and unicorns. And I get that, but it can be right now for a minute if you want it to, you know, and if you sit and think about that and, and then create gratitude for your ability to create joy, it then compounds upon itself. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you're familiar with, but Dr. Joe Dispenza, are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza? I'm not. I am now. Yeah. So definitely look into him. Uh, he has a couple different books. One of them is called You Are the Placebo. There's a second one called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And then a third one called uh, Becoming Supernatural. And so definitely just even look him up on YouTube. He's got some amazing interviews. He really kind of gets into the depth of a lot of stuff that I kind of touched on here. He's a neurologist. I mean, he, he really looks at the science of well-being more than just the law of attraction. And the, like he's like, I, I really wanted to find out what is actually going on when you meditate, what is actually going on in your body physically and in your brain physically when you create gratitude. And he's done all sorts of studies. And um, so really powerful, powerful stuff. But so he has a whole bunch of meditations and I do a different one each day. They're, they're probably an hour, some of them are 40 minutes, some of them are an hour and 15 minutes. But a lot of it is you're just spending time in genuine and authentic gratitude and love and joy for life itself. Mm. And when you start to do that and build up that habit of it, like even during meditation practice, you know, for that hour each day, whatever it is, later in the day, when I find any stressful moment or, or things that come up, I'm able to intentionally create joy and intentionally create a feeling of well-being and gratitude for, for life itself. And the more you start to do that, the more that becomes your way of being instead of the natural and understandable way of being stressed, which is based on who you've been your entire life, right? So it's okay that you're, you are that way. There's no judgment here for being somebody who's angry, stressed, or overwhelmed. Uh, but the, I'm sharing with you, there's an opportunity that doesn't have to be who you have to be for the rest of your life. Mm, I love that. I, I love the fact that you've kind of broken this down for folks. So I think a lot of times people think they want their life to be better. Yeah. People might perceive it as bad and not break it down into those individual moments you know, for which they can have some level of control. And having more and more of those intentional small moments of joy do accumulate and do make a difference in your overall life. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. I love what you just said because the thing is that people are chasing happiness. They're spending their life saying, when I get X amount of dollars, when I get this career, when I get this relationship, when I'm this weight, when I have all these other things, I will be happy, mm. right? And so that's what I'm chasing. And so in that sense, even from a quantum physics level, at that point, you're seeing it in the future. And so therefore, you're really not getting there. You're actually pushing it away. Mm. It's like pushing on the pull door. You can decide, okay, if I won the lottery today, right? My life will be perfect. And so if that's the case, if that, and that just as a very basic example, if that's how you feel and you were to sit right now every day in that feeling, you're no longer chasing the, the lottery or the, the, the retirement. You're, you're creating the, the joy and the feeling now, which is what you want anyway. And so now you're pulling the experience towards you instead of pushing it away from you. And instead of having to be this person who's working towards something, working towards something, work, and it doesn't mean, by the way, I don't work, but you enjoy the work now because you're in a space of joy. You're in a space of creativity without judgment of yourself. You're in a space of curiosity. How can this be better? How can I enjoy today as I build my dream, as I build my business, as I go to work, whatever it may be that you're doing. It's not sit on your hands and just do nothing. And again, rainbows and unicorns and just look at the sky all day. But it is recognize that you can do that at any given moment and recognize what a gift life actually is. Literally, you're made up of the exact same things that the stars and the sun and the planets and, and everything that you see is made up of. And you are here when you wake up in the morning. I know I said it, but I'll say it again. You wake up in the morning, there's sunlight, there's gravity, there's oxygen just so that you can exist today. You know, what are you doing with that? If that's not a gift, I don't know what is. 
And when you start to recognize that that gives me the opportunity to decide who I want to be with this gift of life today and in the now, because now is all there is anyway. Every single moment, there's only now. The past is a lot of memories, which you typically actually aren't even remembering accurately, right? That we typically remember in a way that serves our story, our narrative right now, who we are being the victim of life of. And the future is typically based on those thoughts and experience and inaccurate memories of what we think it's going to be and what we have to do in order to get what we want based on the past. Yeah. But the truth is there's only now. And if you decide who you want to be now all the time, as often as possible anyway, you start to build up that habit. You start to create a person who is always living on purpose or living on purpose as often as possible. And when you live on purpose, you get to decide who you want to be. Again, because we're all made up of the same stuff from a quantum physics level, when you're deciding who you want to be all day, every day, as often as possible, the atoms that are surrounding you and are reacting to your energy will have an effect. But really, you will see changes in your life. And I, I... Absolutely, without a doubt, I've seen it over and over again. Yeah. Now that was powerful, Ryan. I'm not ready to let you off the hook yet. Otherwise, that could have been a mic drop moment there for a minute. <laughs> that was that was awesome. That was really great. But I think right now, every person who's listening to this, you, I'm talking to you directly, whoever you are, is that you are valuable right now in this moment. Yeah. And that you are living right now in this moment and you can add additional value, however you choose to, regardless of the constraints that you feel around you. So yes, period. Um, so not only valuable, you were the most valuable thing on the planet. You are a human being that has conscious thought on how to choose joy and to serve others and help others and create love for yourself and for life itself. And that is like nothing else that we know of. And so when you step into that greatness and you recognize that this is a gift, so I have my own weekly podcast. It's like, they're like five to seven minutes, just snips of me kind of talking about this stuff into my phone, basically. <laughs> But I did one recently. It's called, I called it, Take a Look at These Hands. I don't know if you're, are you a fan of the Talking Heads at all? It's a band. Yes. Yes. Okay. So they have a song called Born Under Punches. And the opening line is, take a look at these hands. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's why I named it this. Uh, I named this episode that. And so I do a walking meditation every Sunday. And so one, again, Dr. Joe, these are meditations. He's got probably 20 or so, but one of them is a walking meditation. And I do it every Sunday. It's my church. I go out to this field behind my house. And it's been an hour and a half long. I put on some headphones and I just walk into this field and I do this walking meditation. Um, and it's really about just kind of creating gratitude and awareness for who you want to be and where you want to go. So I, at the end of one, I just had this realization because then, you know, you come out of it and you open your eyes and I had my hands in front of me. And I was like, you know, if I were, what would it be like if I were to wake up as an adult, right? Like brand new to life, almost like I had amnesia up until now. And I woke up and here I am. Oh my gosh, I'm on this planet. I have this body. I can decide to be whoever I want to be right now. Well, what about this happen? What about that? doesn't matter. Like you're, you're still, you're a human being. You have, the, you have the ability to create anything and have any type of conversation you want, especially now when we have the ability to look up any information we want at any given moment, right? So if there's something that you want to be, you want to do, that is probably some sort of a calling. There's something that's coming up for you over and over again. Step into that today. So, you know, Rebecca, to your point, I'm talking to you, the listener. If there's something that's been come up for you, you probably came across this, this particular episode of this podcast for a reason. So decide who you want to be and do something about it today. And then create gratitude for your ability to do something about it today. And then do the same thing tomorrow. Like, this is it. This is a gift. This is life. You're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be sunlight, gravity, oxygen, rain, running water, uh, whatever you want, a form of communication, an ability to communicate and connect with people all over the world. You have so much at your fingertips. And for us to spend time thinking that this guy sucks and that guy's terrible and this is ter and I hate my life because this happened last year or two years ago and all these different reasons we could spend hours a day thinking about what's not good. 
and we could spend that exact same amount of time creating that exact same amount of physical energy, right? Because when you when you have stress, you have anger, any thought, whether, whether it's good or bad, you, you are creating energy coming out of your mind, right? You, you, they can measure the brain waves that come out of your thoughts, right? So you're physically creating energy. So you could spend that exact same amount of time and energy creating thoughts that serve you and serve the planet as opposed to creating thoughts that serve nobody except for anger, stress, and division. Mm, right. Another powerful message, a great opportunity to shape the future. This is what you need to do, folks. Take that inspiration and take the next steps to make it a thing. Make it real. Yeah. And here's the other thing that comes up for me quickly. Yeah. Is that everybody is different. Mm. And I say that, that sounds obvious, but I say that a lot of the time people feel like whatever I want, everybody else must want the exact same thing. And therefore it, it almost like creates a subconscious feeling of lack, like there's not enough, right? Yeah. I won't be able to get that because there's just not enough of it out there or whatever, or it's going to be hard to get to, or somebody else is going to get it before me, or somebody else is better at me than it, so they will get it and I won't, or whatever these different things are. But the truth is, is that every single person has such a unique experience and is such a unique form of consciousness that you want different things. Like my absolute perfect life is not your absolute perfect life. You want something completely unique and you get to know what that is and let that be the song of your soul and step into it every day if you want to. And when you start allowing feeling or fears of what other people think or what somebody else might be better at it than you or anything else, instead of just stepping into the moment of, of choice, uh, you're actually doing the, this gift of, of life a disservice. Yeah. And it's important that we're each kind of going different directions because our collective is what matters. We can't all be doing the same thing. Absolutely. And when you, and the other, here's the other thing I'll just share with anybody who's having any type of fear, but like wants to kind of maybe step into their purpose. Again, they're hearing this. Hey, listen, Ryan, thank you for saying that. I've had a calling, but I have been fearful to step into it for whatever reason. You know, whoever your audience is or friends are or people who cooperate with you in building whatever that may be, there are billions and billions of people on this planet. And there may be some people who don't like anything you have to say or do not align with anything that you want to create or whatever. And your message is just not for them. And that's okay. They're on their own journey, their own path, and they'll find the people that, that align with them and serve them or don't. But th that's, again, you have the opportunity if you are really stepping into your uniqueness and are really grateful for the, this opportunity that you have to be you, you will attract people into your life who see that, who vibe with that, who align with that and want to do the same thing. And those are the people you put your focus on. Those are the people you share your, your, your energy with. And that's how you create greatness. And that's how we change the world. Oh, absolutely. I can say that. I know just of my own research of disruptors in, in history and, and more recently as well, every single one of them dealt with some level of you're crazy. This is never going to work. And so kind of back to your point, it's like you can listen to those folks to, to hold you back and kind of live in your fear of this isn't going to work. The thing I'm called to, the thing that's important to me, it isn't going to work because other people say so. Or you can find those people that see your vision and really will help support you in carrying out that vision. Yeah. And then the other thing on top of that is not only if you don't see them, but to think of all the people who you don't see who will be affected mm -hmm. by your vision. Yeah. Not only in the now, but in the future. Right. I mean, so, you know, I wrote this book. A lot of the reason I wrote this book was to leave something that I, I don't know that thousands of people in the future are going to have an effect or are going to be affected by that. My children are going to say, listen, when my dad was around, uh, this is one of the things that he left for humanity. This was part of legacy that he left. And so whatever your calling is, you don't know who and how it's going to affect. I mean, to your point earlier, Yes, you don't know what their face looks like, but right now this this podcast that you've created is having an effect on people and will for decades, if not, you know, who knows, but people be looking back in the future, hundreds of years from now. So you you have the opportunity to create greatness every single day just by being a unique 
you know, child of God, so to speak, a, a unique being, a unique piece of stardust, whatever it is that you want to call it. We're all part of it. And so this is your unique journey. Who are you going to do? Like, who, who, who do you want to be? What do you want to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to turn this on you, Ryan, a little bit, because you've talked a little bit about, you know, your own journey and your own legacy you want to leave with your book here. I mean, you've been challenging a lot of folks to decide who they want to be. So who is it that Ryan wants to be in the future? That is an awesome question. I would say there's a lot to it. It's a, it's a, my brain just went in like 17 different directions. There was a little bit of traffic, a little traffic accident that just, that just happened to my brain. Yeah, I can relate to that. The, the truth is, the first thing that comes up to me is because there's only now, I am who that is today. You know what I mean? Like, who do I want to be in the future? Yes. Certainly, there, there's aspects of, of some of my businesses that I want to be more accomplished, and, that, and I can get into that if you'd like. But in the grand scheme of things, who I want to be is somebody who lives on purpose every single day. Somebody who has an influence that is the light they want to see in the world. Somebody that lived every day being the best version of themselves and created an example for others to do the same. You know, I want to be somebody that made other people think and recognize that they had the opportunity to be the best version of themselves and inspired them to do it. But all that being said, I mean, I am a, um, you know, a, I, wrote, I wrote a screenplay so I, I'm, I, that I'm looking to produce it at some point. Uh, I have an online t-shirt company and that is really just starting to explode. And so I'm excited for that to kind of develop. Uh, my intention is to sell 1.6 million copies of my book at some point. And so that is on, on the docket. I said I wrote a screenplay I wrote in the film and, you know, I have a couple other projects that I'm working on. So I want to be also, uh, you know, someone who changes the world through products and things that I have created. Mm. Well, if nothing else, you're an example of creating things for yourself, most certainly, but also creating things for other people. Yeah. That other people need. Well, and, then, and by doing that, I'm also creating something for myself, right? It's like even from, yeah. for, even from an income standpoint, right? So if we're really just being realistic about it, I love creating things for other people and I love that they can pay me for it. Yeah. You know, so all these things that I do for other people, specifically my children, I, you know, my three really top things are entrepreneurship, coaching, and parenthood. Parenthood is number one. And most of these places, I think that the, the common theme is that you are consistently teaching and learning at the same time. And so for my kids, like when I go back to, you know, when I look at legacy, I know I touched on it with my book and everything, but really most of the time I feel like my job is to just constantly set them up for success. Like always be aware that they're always listening and learning, even when I don't know it. Mm. And so, you know, there's an opportunity for us to always be who we want our kids to be in any given moment. Because when we start stepping into that, I can honestly say that I never really, and I love my wife. I love other aspects of members of my family, but I can say that I never truly understood unconditional love until I became a parent. And so with that adventure has come so much education on how I want to not only behave, but be seen behaving, right? So if I find, listen, obviously I'm, I'm not anywhere close to perfect or, you know, I have so much opportunity for growth in so many areas of my life. And so I'll find areas where I get stressed when you, when you have a, a seven-year-old who you tell to get off the table six times. <laughs> <laughs> And they climb up on the table again, right? And you, you start to yell and get really angry or they haven't done their homework and they said they did or whatever. Who knows? All these different things that, that occur as a parent. And I find myself like, especially during this crazy year, right? All sorts of different stuff. So I find myself what I would call a moment of rage, like really yelling at my children. Um, and that's something I'm not proud to say, but it certainly has happened, right? And afterwards, I immediately catch myself. And this is, this is grown from immediately, used to be maybe 10 minutes later. Now it's immediately. Uh, and I immediately stop and I say, listen, that is not who I want to be. That is not how I want to behave. This is what this is what happened. And this is why I didn't like it. And this is how, you know, so I explained to them what happened. But through that, I'm explaining it to myself too, right? 
and I'm acknowledging where I came from and I'm giving myself that acknowledgement and the validation. It makes sense, Ryan. It's okay that you reacted that way. Everything that just happened, but it's not who I want to be. And so I explain that to them and I'm also explaining it to myself. And so therefore I'm teaching and I'm learning at the same time. Right. I think all of all of us who are parents can relate to that. I mean, I, I think all of us navigate through the world relatively imperfectly, regardless of you're, whether you're a parent or not. I think parents sometimes try to hold themselves to uh, some type of ideal um, or some type of standard yeah. based on what we might have seen out in the world on television or, you know, what people say is good or is bad parenting, which which does which does differ significantly. But I saw this really cool post the other day. I don't even know who posted it and things like that, or I'd give appropriate credit for it. But it was pictures of uh, mothers side by side with different signs that had conflicting views and conflicting approaches to parenthood. And what was really kind of cool about it is the end of the day, they said that all of their kids were doing quite well. And so I think if you're well-intentioned, you love your children dearly, you put them first. I mean, I think those are the things that help guide us in the good direction. I've certainly, you know, had times when I've raised my voice at my kids, again, have not been proud of it, have done the same thing as you're like, I explaining, I was mad. I apologize. I take accountability for that. That's not how I want to be or want to react. Uh, But all of us also have, you know, uh, you know, we have to understand our own human limitations. 100%. Yeah. And once we can understand those better, then we can do our best to mitigate those types of reactions in the future. But it is super frustrating when you've told your child six times to do something, they still haven't done it. Right. And, and but and to yeah. your last point there about, um, you know, wanting to be a better parent, and it's, yeah. just, it's the whole, again, concept of judgment versus curiosity. Am I seeing now spending time judging myself as a bad parent, quote unquote, right? Not yes. good enough, not doing the right job. That was I, t- instead of being curious, how can I be better now? How can I be more of what I prefer to be in this moment? Mm. And when we we just remove the judgment, like, listen, it makes sense if, you know, you behaved exactly as you should have based on every single second of life that you lived up until that moment. So who do you want to be now? Right? So stop judging yourself for behaving. Decide what you want to do about it and, and take action immediately. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So don't live in that place of of judgment and thinking about what you're lacking. Think about the things that you have, the things that are going well for you, your opportunities, totally. the things you can change, the difference you can make in the world. These are things we can create for ourselves, uh, which is inspiring. Uh, there's lots of opportunities to make the world a better place at the micro and the macro level. So here's an opportunity for all of you to figure out what that next step is, to be intentional, to be a creator to create those experiences and opportunities for yourself and for those people around you, because they are sure to benefit from those things that you are passionate about in the world. So Ryan Stanley, this has been a phenomenal and inspiring conversation. So his book is Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. Uh, Tell them where they can find it, Ryan. Yep. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. A lot of you guys have open carts anyway. Yes. (laughs) Search, be patient, be present, be joyful. Listen, real quick, I just want to let everybody know it's not a real long book, right? The reason I wrote this book was because I am not a reader. Like I am not going to spend, you know, two weeks reading a three, 400 page book. Uh, This is intentionally read that you can read it in 30 minutes. If you're having a tough day, it's something that you can just pick up. It's something it's it's physically small. So you can carry it in your back pocket. You can carry it in your glove compartment. You can put it in your purse, uh, wherever you want. Yeah. And I'll say I've got literally have it in my hands right now. And it's so true. I just opened any page. There's little bits and pieces of wisdom, but also some actions that you can take to be more intentional in different ways in your life. So 
very practical, a, a pocket-sized book, uh, very small. Like you said, it's not going to be a novel for you to read, but something you can reference as needed. So very uh, practical. Go out to the Amazon, go check that out. I'll put a link out there in the episode notes to make it super easy for everybody to find this. Because I think at this point in time, we could all use a little bit of emotional first aid. To say the least. Yeah. And by the way, you can also go yeah. to, uh, so it's on Barnes and Nobles, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can also go to ryanstanley.com. And uh, if you purchase a book from there, you get it directly from me. You get actually will get a signed copy. And then depending on my availability, you also get a complimentary coaching session along with it. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So folks, now you know to go out to Ryan, ryanstanley.com. I'll put that link out in the episode notes instead because that comes with tremendous value. So Ryan Stanley, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Rebecca, I am genuinely blessed to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, I hope to do it again soon. Like many episodes before, this one spoke to me at the right time. As many of you know, I've stepped back from the podcast for a while. At first, I realized it was a well-needed break, that I was exhausted and had somewhat lost my direction. But days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. I developed guilt, frustration, and self-doubt, but also was living in that dreaded place of lack. Not enough time. Not enough energy. And really, the thing I worried about the most, not enough value. I doubted myself. I've realized the importance of gratitude for some time, but it was the realization that I have made an impact that brought me out of the place of lack and reminded me that I do have a sense of purpose, that I can do my part to change the world, and so can others. I know that many of you out there have the ability to step into your greatness, to find gratitude for who you are or what you have in life, and can use that to inspire others to shape a better future. We are all leaders in some way, but we can step into our leadership, choosing that path to forge something new, something better. That is what changes the future. So, what are you waiting for? Step up, step into who you are, your unique strengths, and your purpose. What I'm trying to say is, go on. Go help shape the future. To learn more about Ryan Stanley and his amazing work, check out ryanstanley.com. That's ryanstanley.com. You can get a copy of his book and a free coaching session. I'm Rebecca Scott, and this is Humans Now and Then, hosted and produced by Rebecca Scott. Episode notes can be found at humansnowandthen.com. Thank you for listening.